Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Stay standing for me. I just want to start this morning by recognizing your leadership in this house, and I was warmly welcomed. But I want you to know today, before I tell you about me, I want you to know today you are blessed with incredible leadership. And the Bible says we're to honor those who lead among us. Would you give great thanks and praise to God before you're seated for Pastor Roy and Chris Stevenson? Come on, give it up for them. You can do better than that. That's like a courtesy clap. With some practice, you'll get really good at that. But, uh, you know, I just want to say how honored I am to be here this morning and how thankful I am for your pastor and his family, how thankful I am for this house. Uh, it is not my first time here, but I'm honored to be here again today. Would you just remain standing? We'll pray, and then I'll let you have a seat for a little bit. Thank you, Jesus, for today. God, we are your people. We're called by your name, and we're honored to be in your house today. Lord, we make a declaration. We are your people. We're called by your name, and we're honored to be in your house today. Lord, it is a distinct privilege that we have to be called children of God, to be invited to come to be children of the King of Kings. And Lord, we worship you today because you've blessed us richly beyond measure that we could ever ask or think you've done more. And if you didn't do another thing for us today, God, we're so thankful for the cross that you died on. We're so thankful for the, the tomb that is empty, and we're so thankful that you're coming again. If you don't do another thing for us, God, we're blessed and highly favored, and we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Wow, it's good to be back at harvest. Come on. I want to tell you, COVID has made you look better. Come on, some of you are looking fabulous. Tap your neighbor COVID style and say he's talking about me. You go ahead, tap your neighbor, say he's talking about me. I'm looking good today. Come on, I'm looking good today. Now, top to, now look at the person that's your second favorite that's on your other side and say the same thing to them. Go ahead, take a moment, come on. Wow, what an honor it is to be here. I want to take a moment and introduce you to my family. Some of you probably don't even think I'm married. You probably think I made up a story because I've been here twice without a wife or child. But that is my beautiful wife right there and my son who just turned eight years old. And we just are celebrating 19 years of marriage. How many people know God is faithful? Come on, somebody. Wow, 19 years of living with me. You know God works miracles. That's right. That's right. You can ask her later. It's true. But uh, my wife had some commitments back at home this morning, and so she wasn't able to be with me. And uh, my son knows where, where you go to McDonald's after you go with mom, because dad's too cheap. But if you stay with mom, you'll go to McDonald's. So that's why he's not with me. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about waiting. Anybody here waiting for COVID to be over? Yeah, come on. Anybody waiting for the national mask burning ceremony? Come on, somebody. Yes. How many people are waiting for something? You ever, you, ever wanted, you, ever, you ever just felt like you were waiting for something? You're just kind of waiting? Just waiting? Waiting. Waiting. I hate waiting. Hate waiting. I hate waiting. Anybody just hate waiting? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm used to a participation crowd, so, so I will preach until you participate. You determine the length of the service today, just so you know. You want to get out here soon? Participate. You got nowhere to go today? Sit there real quiet. Come on, somebody. I don't like waiting. Waiting kind of bothers me. I'm not impatient. I just wish people would hurry up. Right? Like, that's just where I'm at. I don't like waiting. Maybe you don't like waiting either. And today, I, I want to take a look at a text in the Old Testament, the first half of your Bible. And in Daniel, the book of Daniel, we catch up with this guy named Daniel. 
You probably didn't guess that part, but in the book of Daniel, we catch up with a guy named Daniel. And Daniel is stuck in this moment of waiting. And, and my question today as we talk about waiting is, what do we do while we wait? How do we handle the weights of our life? Let me just say that again. What do we do while we're waiting? How do we handle the weights of our life? Just think about that for a moment. How do I handle the weights of my life? Daniel chapter 10 is where we're going to dig into in just a moment. So if you have your Bible or a tablet or a phone, flip, click, touch, however you get there. In Daniel chapter 10, we're, we're finding Daniel here, and it's, it's about 600 years before Christ. That's the first thing you have to know. We're about 600 years before Christ, so we're B.C., and Daniel and his people are taken into captivity. Anybody here ever been stuck somewhere? You're just kind of stuck? Daniel and, and his people are in captivity. They're stuck somewhere. And, and what's amazing about Daniel's life, although he's stuck, Daniel has had incredible influence with kings and leaders, not just, not just those who would believe what Daniel believes, but actually oftentimes with pagan leaders, those who would not believe what he believes. And Daniel is this man of God who has had this incredible influence with people, and it would seem like Daniel has some favor, but in this moment when we catch up in Daniel chapter 10, it looks like maybe Daniel has lost some favor. And maybe you've been there where, where you feel like, I, I feel like I'm doing everything right in my Christian walk, like for the believers in the room, for Christ followers in the room. I feel like I'm doing everything right in my life, but it seems like everything is going wrong. Can I get an amen? Anybody been there? Like I, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm going to church, I'm invested in a small group. I even serve at Harvest more times than I should on a Sunday. And my life is still, a, anybody? Right? This is Daniel. He's got it all right, but it seems to be going all wrong. In fact, this is the same Daniel who was actually referred to early in the service today, who was, was the experience of the fiery furnace. It's the same Daniel who we, who we read about when we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Radshak and Benny, if you're into VeggieTales. And Daniel's carrying a lot of weight for his people. Can I talk to somebody this morning who's carrying weight for your family? Can I talk to somebody who's carrying weight for your kids? Can I talk to a mother who's carrying weight for her child? Can I talk to a grandparent who's praying for their grandchildren today? Oh, how many people know what, that it's hard to carry weight? And the problem with weight is instead of focusing on where we're going, we're focused on what we're carrying. Instead of focused on what's in front of us, we're focused on what we're dragging behind us. And this is, this is where we find Daniel. He's in this moment of captivity. And in chapter 11, it, it bursts open. It gets awesome with vision and power and prophetic word. But in chapter 10, in chapter 10, there is no vision, there is no prophetic word, and there is no excitement. There's just a lot of wait while they wait. And although Daniel knows what's coming, he knows there's a prophetic word coming. He knows that chapter 11, not in his time, but as we see it, he knows chapter 11 is coming. He's still stuck in chapter 10. How many people know there will be a day when we'll get through COVID, but right now, here we are, right? And so as much as I want to get to where I want to go, I got to live where I am. And I have to wait, and I have to wait, and I have to wait. And so Daniel does what we're all taught to do. Daniel does what we all know we should do. He prays. And you know what happens when Daniel prays? Nothing. <laughs> Be encouraged. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs> like nothing happens for 21 days. Abraham's promised to be the father of many nations and God doesn't speak to him again for 70 years. 
old grandma who's praying for your grandchild and your grandkid and your child and your firstborn and your secondborn because God promised you they'd come to faith someday and you've been praying for a long time. Come on, what are you going to do while you're waiting? So Daniel's here and he's going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he prays and he prays and he waits and he prays and he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits. And it seems like the weight is heavier than the weight of time. Daniel chapter 11 verses, uh, sorry, chapter 10 verses 11 to 13 says this. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. For I have been sent to you. When, Dan, when he said this to me, Daniel stood up, still trembling. Can you imagine being, being confronted by an angel? Then he said, don't be afraid. Well, of course he's afraid. He just was appeared to by an angel. Come on. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come to answer your prayer. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia has blocked my way. Then the archangel Michael, uh, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left uh, him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. This is, this is a moment where David has a, a, an interaction with an angel. He's prayed for 21 days, and at the, very, at the very end of that 21 days, an angel shows up. How many people are waiting for somebody to show up in your situation? Come on, somebody. And, and so I, I just came to talk to somebody this morning, so I'm going to talk to you like you're here for a reason, because I actually think you are. So if you feel like I read your mail, I didn't. I just believe God shared something with me, and maybe he's read your mail. Maybe he's heard your prayer. And maybe today's your 21 days and, and breakthrough's coming. Come on, somebody. And so, and so here it is. Here it is. Daniel is confronted by an angel. And the Bible says, and the scripture tells us that the angel tells him to stand up. Like, get off your butt, dude. What are you falling over for now? This is the answer you've been waiting for. How many people know that sometimes we're surprised when God answers our prayers? So I want you to understand that here's the moment that Daniel's dealing with. And on, 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 on one side of Daniel, on one side of Daniel, We've got Daniel over here praying. God, 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 I need you. My people are in captivity. God, I need you. My child needs to know you. God, save my kid. God, uh, God, help them to heal. God, I pray for my sick family member. God, uh, help my marriage. Whatever the prayer is, we got Daniel over here praying. But then over on this side, over on this side, we have, we have worship and praise, which is where we want to be. See, while we're over there praying, if we're Daniel over there praying, where we want to be is over here with the answer. When you pray and when I pray, there is something I know for sure about you and it's true of me. When I pray, I pray with an expectation that I'm going to have the answer. And now here's the problem. I pray with an expectation I have the answer and usually I want the answer as soon as I say amen. Hello? <laughs> like God, I'm praying, so if you can cue the answer, I'm ready. So we pray, God, save my family. God, save my kid. God, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then nothing happens. And we want to get from here to there in a heartbeat. But the problem is there is the space in between my prayer to God and his revelation of the answer. I want you to know God has already answered the prayer when I prayed it. But his revelation to me of the answer of the prayer remains over here. And so it's out of relationship with God that I find revelation to the answer to my prayer. 
Let me just say it one more time because most of you missed it. I could tell by the way you responded. It's out of my relationship with God that I, define, I discover revelation to the answer to my prayer. Revelation comes through relationship, and in my relationship with God through prayer, I, define, I find re- revelation and discover God has answered my prayer. And so praise rests over here. I got prayer on this side, and I got praise over here. When I pray, what I'm most excited about is the idea I can celebrate God has answered my prayer. But when I pray, where I find myself stuck most of the time is the tension in the middle. God, I prayed, you have not answered. God, I prayed, you have not answered. God, why aren't you answering my prayer? God, why aren't you coming to me? Why aren't you speaking to me? Barna Research Group in the U.S. says the number one thing people pray for is their family. Barna also says that 80% of Americans pray regularly. That's 80% of Americans, not 80% of believers, not 80% of churchgoers, not 80% of faithful people, not 80% of the religious. 80% of Americans pray regularly. How many people know God answers the prayers of those who don't even believe? People pray, 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 they pray for their family first. That's the number one thing. They pray for relationships. They pray for healing, for vision. For, they, they, they pray for direction. They pray for financial help. But the number one thing they pray for is their family. When we pray, we have an anticipation that God is going to answer, but the question is, what do we do while we wait? The question we need to answer today, the question of the day is, what do we do in the wait? What do we do in the center? What do we do while we're in between the prayer and the praise? How do we, how do we live in that moment? And I think there's some foundational things that I want to kind of quickly walk through with you this morning that are going to help you to know how to live in that moment. The first truth that we have to know as, a, as believers, as Christ followers, as those who would understand how prayer works, the first thing we have to know is that God hears our prayers. This is foundational, friends. You will pray more when you believe he hears your prayers. The first thing you need to know is God hears your prayers. He, he, he hears you when you pray. Just because he doesn't answer you when you pray does not mean he has not heard you when you pray. And these two things are not equal, but in fact they are, they are, they are, they are uh, autonomous to one another. God, God hears me when I pray. Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. Since the first day, it says, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. Hello, your request has been heard in heaven. Oh, I I prayed to the Lord, and in the moment of my despair, when I was stuck in a rut, lost and alone, depressed and discouraged, when the finances were bad and my marriage was a wreck and my kids weren't talking to me, I called out to God, and when nobody was listening, God heard my prayer. God heard my prayer. And, and so, so the first thing we have to know is God hears our prayers. Check out this verse. Uh, but in my distress, Psalm chapter 18 and verse 6 says this. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. How many people know the ear of God is tuned to you today? The ear of God is tuned to you today. The ear of God is tuned to you today. I remember when we had Jacob, he was, he's eight now, and he's big, and he knows everything, and it's amazing. He's actually really smart, and that's, he probably gets that from me, uh, from Sarah. And, uh, and so, uh, but, but it, when he was a baby, we brought him home, and it was lots of fun, you know. I was exhausted. Labor was a long time. And so I had to get home and catch up on some sleep. It was exhausting. All the men didn't say a word because you know better. 
I got home, and it was the first night, and all oh, was exciting. Baby Jacob, he's in his little thingamajiggy, whatever we call that these days, crib, bassinet, baby holder. He's in there, and next morning I wake up refreshed. Thank you, Jesus. This baby thing is easy. You go to bed at night, and so do they. You wake up in the morning, and they're still sleeping. Thank you, Jesus. I leaned over to Sarah. I said, did you get a good sleep? How many people know you don't always have to hear from God? You know when God speaks. She looked at me with this love in her eyes that I had never seen before. So I thought, well, maybe she didn't hear me really clearly. I said, I, I, said I, I slept well, babe. How were you? She says, you didn't hear? I said, what? She says, Jacob was up at two, four, five, and seven. Ow. Oh. Did you get up too? I should have stopped. Mm. So three nights later, I thought I'd try it again because I noticed that I wasn't waking up, so obviously Jacob wasn't. And I, here's, what I learned. here's what I learned. First of all, I learned that my wife got up more times than I knew, and it would be best for the interest of my marriage and, and, and everything that I had going for me that I stopped asking. But here's what I learned. Watch this. I learned that my wife's ears were attuned to the cry of her child. See, see, there's a maternal instinct in, in, in her that said, I need, uh, my ears are tuned to his cry. I can hear him breathe even in the distance. Oh, I, I can hear, I, when, he, when he moves his baby finger just a little bit, I know his baby fingers. But can I tell you, when you move just a little bit, when you breathe, God is attuned to what you're doing. No matter who you are, where you are, what your situation is, no matter how lonely you feel you are, no matter how far from God you feel you are, God is attuned, his ear and his eye are focused on you, and you never leave his sight. He is for you, he's not just for you, he's with you, he's not just with you, he walks before you, and he's not just there when you get there, but he's there before you get there, ready to greet you and welcome you there when you arrive. Come on, how many people know God is for you? He's for you. He's for you. God hears our prayers. Second thing is God answers our prayers. He not only hears them, he answers them. When I pray, when I pray, God answers my prayer. Revelation reveals the answer. But God answers the prayer when he hears me call. He answers the prayer when he hears me call. Ch ch check out what this verse says, uh, 10 verse 12. I have come to answer your prayer. The, the, the angel shows up and says, listen, I have come to answer your prayer. The, the God of heaven has dispatched me today. How many people know God's answer to your prayer may be you doing something for somebody else. Your answer, the answer to somebody else's prayer may be your active faithfulness to God in what you do. Come on, somebody. Come on, you didn't attend church this morning because I was coming. You attended church this morning maybe because somebody else is here and they needed a word of encouragement from you. And by your faithfulness and obedience to Christ, you're answering somebody else's prayer. Come on, somebody. And so here we are. Here we are. God not only hears my prayer, but he answers my prayer. He shows up and he sends a, he sends a demonstration of his power. He, he works through mysterious ways. He speaks through somebody else. And the angel says, God has heard your prayer and I am here to bring an answer. Oh, I love it on answer day. I love answer day. How many people love answer day? Oh, I worship bigger on answer day. I'm, I'm more dramatic on answer day. I raise my hands higher on answer day. I dance bigger on answer day. I sleep better on answer day. 
And I can do all those things when I pray day if I understand it, here's my prayer. Hello? My lack of revelation does not determine God's ability to have breakthrough in the moment. Let me just say that again. My lack of understanding of revelation does not determine or, or, uh, or set back God's ability to answer my prayer. So, so let me just tell you, let me just tell you right now, mother who's been praying for your kid, grandmother who's been praying for your grandchild, let me just tell you, God has answered your prayer and you just need to get a praise on for all that God's already done. Before you even see it, you can thank God that he's already doing it. Come on, somebody, give Jesus praise. Come on. Third, tr third truth is that God uses our weight. He not only hears our prayer and answers our prayer, but he uses our weight. God uses our weight. Your weight is not in vain. God does not waste time. If you knew the answer too early, you'd screw it up. Mm. Point to your neighbor and say, now he's talking to you. Yeah, if you knew the answer too early, you'd screw it up. The last thing God needs is your help to figure out the answer. Come on, somebody. It's best when I leave it to God and God alone. Come on, somebody. But what do I do in the wait? Because the problem is I prayed. I want to rejoice, but I'm here. I'm stuck in the middle. And so, so, so I have to understand that God does not waste my weight. My weight is not wasted. While I wait, I learn to lean on God more. While I wait, I learn how to fix my eyes on Jesus more. While I wait, I discover I am powerless, but by the power of Jesus vested in me, I have no power but Christ alone. While I wait, I learn my dependency, my ability, my provision, and all that I have is in God and God alone. While I wait, I discover that I can't do it on my own, so I ought to give up. And when I fully, as Daniel was taught, when I fully humble myself before Almighty God, revelation sets in and I discover I can praise him because he was faithful even when I prayed. You see, that's what happens. So, so, so God doesn't waste our weight. Check out Romans chapter eight and verse uh, 28. It says this, it says, and now we know all things works, all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Your mess, your breakup, your situation, your, your tough relationship, your family crisis, your financial burden, it's going to work together because when it's put into God's hands, he mixes it all up and develops something good out of it all. Come on. Come on. It's true. Think about the last thing that was terrible. It's hard for you to remember because you, you got over it once you discovered God was in it. But if you look back and see the altars that you built of God's faithfulness in the past, you'll discover he'll be faithful again. See, 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 if you look back at the things that you say, God, you were faithful here and you were faithful there, then why wouldn't he be faithful while I wait right now? Well, why, why wouldn't he be faithful while I wait right now? God uses our wait In chapter 10, it says the prince of Persia has come to attack and block, but the archangel Michael has been left there, and I have come to bring an answer. There are always going to be things in the midst of the time when you're waiting that are going to want to distract you from what God is doing in your life. This is why it's important to be in a group. This is why it's important to come to Harvest Sunday mornings at uh, 9, 15, and 11. This is why it's important to be involved in serving. This is why it's important to, to, to get plugged in somewhere. This is why you can't afford to miss church even if you don't feel like coming. Not because of the preaching, not because of the worship, but because you need to be surrounded by people who remind you of the truth that the devil's lied to you about all week.
You, you ought to clap better for that. That was good preaching right there. You need to be surrounded by that because there is powers and principalities and evil work in your life that want to distract you, discourage you, put you alone, surround you with guilt, and put you in a place where you are isolated and on your own. But you need to be surrounded by the people of God who say, I prayed and I've got revelation that God is gonna be faithful. He's been faithful and he'll be faithful again. And so I know that I know that I know that I know that he is at work and all things are gonna work together for good even if I don't feel like it. He's gonna come through. He's my God and he is able. He is stronger. He is bigger. He is better and he is going to win at the end of the day. The battle's been won. The war is over and my God reigns. I'm going to be victorious. Come on, somebody. Don't waste the wait. Don't waste the wait. Oh, if you're waiting this morning, don't waste the wait. Don't waste the wait. The only thing worse than waiting on God, the only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing you would have. The only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing you would have. You can't rush them. You can't barter with them. You can't make a deal. God will serve if you'll answer today. Mm -mm -mm. God says you'll serve me because you love me. Oh, if the cross isn't enough reason to serve them, then the answer to your current crisis isn't gonna be enough either. Let me just say that one more time for you. If the cross isn't enough reason to serve him, then your current crisis isn't going to be either. I serve him because I love him. Oh, whatever the answer is, I still love him. I choose to love him before I ask him of anything. I choose to love him because he's God. I choose to love him because he's worthy of my praise. I choose to love him because he's a good God. I choose to love him because he's always been faithful. I choose to love him because he made a promise and he's always been faithful to keep his promises. I choose to love him because even when I fail, he's there to pick me up. I choose to love him because nothing can separate me from his love. And so I just love them because I can. So what do you do? So what do you do? What do you do? Psalm, 1, uh, Psalm 1, chapter 130, verses 1 to 6. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Lord, keep, uh, you, Lord, uh, keep, kept, the, Lord uh, kept a record of my uh, sins. Lord, uh, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. Oh, I can't just, I can't just wait with my mouth and in my head be consumed. Let me, just, let me just say that again. My whole body waits. My mind, my heart, my emotions, my feelings, my lips, my tongue. Oh, sometimes I gotta tell my tongue to wait. Somebody, hello? I've seen some of your Facebooks. You need to tell your tongue to wait. Hello? Oh, I can wait on Sunday morning when we're worshiping with the awesome worship band. Karen's over here rocking it. I'm waiting for Jesus. I get out of harvest on Sunday. Now, Lord, why haven't you done that yet? I need to know. Oh, it's easy to wait on Sunday morning. But on Wednesday night when we're all alone at home, because we chose not to go to small group, because we didn't feel like it. You know? Don't feel like going to small group. Not gonna make me go to small group. I'm just gonna sit here alone, fight my own battles. When the devil gets in my head and I get depressed and lonely and discouraged, 
must be Harvest's fault because I stayed home from small group. Hello? Man, I need to be surrounded. Don't waste the weight. Don't waste the weight. So, so, so let me give you three things real quick here on, on how we don't waste the weight. I got, I got three minutes and three things. This is gonna be good. Hold on tight, kids. First thing is we need to focus on his ways. If we're gonna, if we're gonna not waste the weight, we're gonna focus on God's ways. We're gonna focus on his ways. We're, we're, we're gonna decide that the first thing I'm gonna focus on is Jesus and Jesus alone. The first thing I'm gonna do in the morning is I'm gonna decide this day has been given to God right from the get-go, and no matter what comes my way while I wait, my God is my focus, he's my savior, he's my Jesus, he's my Lord, he's my provision, he's my provider, he's my banner, he has everything to me. And no matter what comes against me, my God is for me, so I'm gonna be okay today. I'm gonna be okay. When the bank calls, it's okay. My God is my provider. He's gonna come through in Jesus' name. When, when, when my marriage isn't working out, that's okay. God promised me that I made a vow that who, when, when two people are put together, nothing separate them. Hey, you know what? When my kids aren't talking to me, I'm gonna remind them that, that I'm gonna remind myself that they are the Lord's kids and he's blessed me with them. And so I'm gonna be faithful in the moment, but they're in his hands and, and he's got his eye on them. Come on, I'm gonna gonna focus on his ways. I'm gonna tie scripture to the weight that I carry around with me. The second thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna focus on his word. I'm gonna make sure that I'm, I'm living by the truth that sets people free. There is truth that sets you free and it's the word of God. Can I, can I tell you something that's not in my notes, but I preached it last week at Motion? When, when you think about the armor of God, three minutes, and I'm trying to add stuff. This is dangerous, folks. Uh, when, when I think about the armor of God, the breastplate, the helmet, the shoes, there is only one offensive weapon. It's the sword, and that's the word of God. You've got nothing else to defend you but the sword, the word of God. Tie your life to the word of God while you wait. Remind yourselves of the truth while you wait. Hold on tight while you wait. While you wait, while you wait. I'm gonna tell a story to conclude this morning. Three years ago, I got a call from somebody in my church. Pastor, I need you to come to my house and visit and come and see me. So I said, yeah, sure, I can do that and set up a date and a time and went to their house and she said, sit sit down, Pastor, sit down. And uh, sat down and she had a little piece of paper. I don't know what this is for, and I hope it's not the last song. Uh, and uh, and she, she had a little piece of paper. Looks like it's C. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, so anyway, she had a piece of paper, and she, she slid the piece of paper to me, and, and it, was a, it was a diagram of her body, like an outline of her body from a scan at the hospital. And it looked like a leopard with spots all over it. She said, Pastor, that's a scan that I had this past week and every black dot represents cancer. Every black dot represents cancer, Pastor. She said, the doctor says I got two months to live. She said, I don't want to die. I'm ready, but I don't want to die. I said to her, I said, well, I said, what's the options? Well, there are no cures. There is nothing. Doctor says, I got, like, this is so far gone. I got two months. And in that moment, I just sat with her and I said, I said to her, I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. So we're just going to pray. I said, because this is the report of the doctor. I said, but, but scripture tells me, scripture tells me that the report of the Lord is a better report. I don't know what the report of the Lord is, but I know it's a better report. So if this is the report from the doctor, it's got to get better. 
It can't get worse because the report of the Lord is better. And so, so, so I said to her, I said, we're just going to pray. And with all the faith that I could find in my body, thanks the Lord, it's only mustard seed faith I need. I just said, God, if there's any way you can heal this woman, do it in Jesus' name. That was it. I didn't, I didn't know what else to pray. I'd like to pray a big fancy flowery prayer. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. So anyway, three weeks later, she called me back. She went for another scan. She said, uh, I got another scan, Pastor. Can you come over and look at it? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll come over and look at it. She passes me the scan. It looks almost identical to the first one. She goes, the scan hasn't changed. She goes, but the doctor said they found out that it's actually not what they thought it was. It's actually a rare type of cancer that usually only uh, certain types of people get. But for some reason, I've got it. And the doctor said, there's actually a pill I can take and the cancer will go away. Oh, I know you're sitting there because you weren't in the room when she said I got cancer. But if you were in the room when she said I got cancer, you'd stand up and testify when you found out cancer was going to go away. Two and a half years later, there's another sheet and there's fewer dots. And that cancer is shriveling up and going away. Two and a half years later, that woman's still alive. Two and a half years later, the report of the Lord is a better report. Two and a half years later, my God is faithful. And while she waited, God had answered her prayer. And now she can rejoice because God is good. Stand to your feet church. Come on, give God praise. And while you wait, you can focus on His work. You can focus on His work. Do what He's called you to do. Focus on His word. Focus on His work. Focus on His ways. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm stuck in the middle. Pastor, the best thing I heard you say was, no matter if I'm a believer or I'm not, he hears my prayer. That's true. But I'm stuck here. I want to get to here. But you see, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in this place. I'm stuck in this place. I'm stuck in this place. I'm so frustrated. I'm so alone. I'm so scared. I almost want to believe in God just because I want an answer. I want to tell you something. God will answer your prayer even if you don't believe in Him. But you'll find the answer faster if you'll lean in and and discover out of relationship that revelation is discovered and discerned. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online today. Maybe you're in the room today and you're saying, you know what, today's my day. I need to have a relationship with the God who answers prayers because I've been trying to do it on my own and it's just not working. And the weight is really heavy across the auditorium, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Maybe you're at home today and you just simply pray with us in the room today. Lord, I thank you for people in this room and online who are saying, God, I need you. Lord, I'm thankful that your word says that anybody, anybody, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Oh, you're no respecter of where, when, or postal code. But God, anybody, anywhere who says, Lord, I need you, you'll come and rescue them from where they are. And so, Lord, I believe there's people in the room today, and I believe there's people watching online today who may say, Lord, I need you today. I need to have a relationship with you because I've struggled on my own. I've carried the weight on my own. And, Lord, today I need you. Oh, I thought I was coming just because somebody invited me. But, Lord, I found out I was coming because you wanted to meet with me today. You wanted to introduce yourself to me. You saw me. You know my name. 
And so, Lord, I want to respond to you across the room with your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment. Harvest, I wonder if it, in this moment there'd be somebody in the room who'd say, Pastor, I, I, I need to know Jesus today. Would you boldly just raise your hand up nice and high? God knows you today. Would you raise your hand across? Thank you so much. This is somebody else. Come on. Come on. This is somebody else. Come on. Come on, let's believe today. If you're online today, you can post in the comments. It's the best day ever. You can make a commitment to Christ right where you're watching today. Is there somebody else? Come on, I don't, I don't want to wait for too long, but I want to give you an opportunity. Thank you so much. I see your hand, ma'am. Somebody else. Is there somebody else today? Come on. Come on. Amen. Is there somebody in the room who says, Pastor, you're talking to me today. I've been waiting and I, I, I've been praying and I've been wondering, God, are you going to come through? And today I'm reminded my God is faithful. Is there anybody in the room who's been stuck in the wait? Can you put up your hand? Come on, let's just raise our hands. Let's just make a declaration. And, and here's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray, we're going to believe, and we're going to celebrate God. Because while you're in the wait, the answer's already been told and you're going you're to receive it at just the right time. Amen? Come on. Come on. Father God, thank you for those who raised their hands today. Thank you, God, for those who raised their hands today. God, I pray you'd speak to your people in a special way today. God, thank you that you love them and you care about them. God, be with them today in Jesus' name. Amen. I open up my heart to you now. So do what only you Just have your way in me Presence. We thank you for who you are 
and we trust you, Jesus, in the wait. God, we're not gonna waste the wait, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Was that not an amazing word from Pastor James? Can we just thank him? We love you, Pastor James. Thanks for being here. And thank the rest of you for being here too. We love you, have an awesome week, and we'll see you next Sunday. get you a Bible and if you have any questions we want to be here to answer those questions so just get in contact with us and start by commenting in the chat I made that decision all right whatever you have ahead of you this week know that we are with you we are praying for you yeah. um, and we want you to have an amazing week yeah. that is just filled with the Holy Spirit absolutely and confident in whatever you have to attack thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week Last two days. <laughs> Why did I just repeat what you said? I looked at you. <laughs> <laughs>